This is the Crypto Valley Podcast. What is up, everybody? This is your host, RK, and welcome back to the Crypto Valley Podcast. Let me start by mentioning that on this podcast, we explore the history of money from its very inception all the way to its current state and most importantly, its future. And we also discuss how the current financial system illusions investors and consumers and how you can exit and obtain your financial interdependence. So if you're someone who has average to no experience in finance, and would like to take control of your financial future instead of trusting a banker or advisor, then this podcast is for you. So on this episode, I would like to continue the story I was telling in the previous episode, which is the story of how money came into existence. I always try to keep this as simple as possible because my Uh, goal is to have this podcast as easily understandable as for anybody who is not even involved or has never been involved in finance. So fast forward to what I was explaining in the last episode on how money came into existence was by explaining how money or paper money was or has become backed by gold and why that happened. Gold became primarily a currency or money because of certain characteristics. We went through each and every characteristic in the last episode. And on this episode, I would like to explain what happened after and what was lost on the way. So after money or gold became paper money, the government of the U.S., decided in 1971 to basically eliminate the gold standard. The very reason money became valuable was because of gold and the very reason paper money came into existence was also because of gold, which means that President Nixon that time gave the full green light to banks to be able to print as much money as they want and loan it out without necessarily having any gold in reserve. This opens up a completely new perspective towards money because now we have lost the most fundamental quality of what made money money which is the aspect of scarcity. Remember, why did gold become money? It became money, and as I said in the last episode, because of its scarcity. But after this law came into existence, and by the way, it was supposed to be temporarily, if you watch his press release, he talks about a temporarily suspension of the gold standard rather than a permanent suspension of the gold standard. Anyways, what you need to understand from this story is that the money you spend every day does not keep or store 
the value you provide for it. So when you go to work, when you offer the market your time and your effort, the money you receive in return does not keep its promise. Because remember, the paper is supposed to be a promise that you will receive back what you provided today at a later time. That's the basic function of every currency. What we also need to define is the role of a central bank. A central bank is responsible to regulate the money supply in an economy and to basically regulate the economy's inflation and deflation. I will explain that later what exactly these two things mean. But in the meantime, you need to understand that a central bank has basically two rules or two tools. It can either print new money or it can increase or decrease the interest rate. So they have these two tools in order to regulate the money supply and the economy. And by bringing new money into existence, they can purchase certain assets from the government or from other banks in order to bring this money into circulation. So the way they do it, for example, with the government is they lend this money out to the government and they should actually get paid back by the government plus interest. And the other thing that they basically decide is the key interest rate. Now, that key interest rate is very important because that sets the price of the money that they bring into circulation. You have to understand that the banking system works on the lending that they give each other. So bank A provides a loan to bank B and bank B provides a loan to bank C, etc. And then these bank again loan these funds to us, to businesses, to consumers, etc. Now, all this money that is provided, all this lending that is provided, all this lending and borrowing should actually cost some interest. And the key interest rate that the central bank charges the government and the banks will decide what the banks and the government should pay the central bank back. And of course, on the other side, the banks orient themselves and their interest rates to us, to you and I, to businesses, etc., on that key interest rate. For example, if the central bank is charging 2%, the commercial bank that you work with might give you a loan at 5%. So they make 2% basically just by providing you with money that they got from the central bank. That's, that's, all, they, that's all they do. Uh, so the lower the interest rate from the central bank, the lower the interest rate, of course, will also be at your local bank. And the higher the interest rate, the higher the interest rate will be for you if you deposit your money in a savings account uh, to 
basically get paid some interest. So this is how they price money and supply money into circulation. Having this in mind, we need to look at the current situation. What is happening at the moment? We have now reached a stage where the central banks are forced because they have printed so much money over this period of time that they have to, they don't have any other way, they have to print more and more and more in order to devalue all the debt that they have created over this period of time. Does that make sense? So how do you pay back debt? There's two ways. One way is you pay it back, you create economic outcome and you provide growth, you promote growth and by that you collect taxes and by collecting taxes and generating revenue you pay back all the debt that you have or you print more money, you take the printed money and devalue the very currency you created in order to pay it back more easily. Let me put it into perspective. So let's say that you are the United States of America and you, because you are a very powerful country, have the authorization to print money or your central bank has the authorization to print money and give it to you and you can basically do government purchases. You're the government, right? Now, if you, of course, take more and more debt and more and more money comes into circulation, the more this currency loses in value and all the debt that you owe can be paid back much more easily. So the other way of Paying back your debt is by devaluating your debt. And this is exactly what the governments are trying to do because the debt is by now so big that it is literally with normal economic standards impossible to pay back. It is impossible. There is no way you can pay back this much debt to other countries from the US perspective. But if you have the power to print more and more money and all the countries around the world depend on your money because your money is basically the world's currency, then obviously you can print more and devalue the debt that you have generated all these years and get rid of it. So this is the other way. And uh, so the question you have to ask yourself is who suffers? here. You remember there was a time you could go to your bank and you could deposit your cash or your uh, salary and you keep it there and you could receive interest over time. That's not possible anymore. If you, I mean, in, in Europe, uh, I live in Switzerland, in Switzerland, you don't get paid anything 
from your bank, nothing. And if you have, I think with some banks, if you have more than 100,000 euros in your account or francs in your account, you will pay them interest by keeping your money because the key interest rate is negative. That means you are punished if you save money. That's absurd. That's ridiculous. It is it it has become completely implausible how the financial system works. It does not make any sense. So you either have to spend the money that you earn because it cannot keep its promise. You have to spend it as fast as possible, as quick as possible. Or you have to invest it in something. Okay? You cannot save it. If you save it, you will lose the value over time. So all these normal people who are not necessarily into banking, are not necessarily into finance, they are basically forced to put their money in these giant mutual funds or ETFs or this highly complex financial products that nobody even the bankers themselves don't understand in order to fight inflation now there is a much much better way and that way is to educate yourself because in my opinion to be honest that is the best weapon you can create against this against inflation so uh, let me very briefly explain the opposite of, of inflation because I think this is quite important. The opposite of inflation is deflation. So deflation means that the money supply becomes scarce so that there is more demand for money than there is and hence all the prices drop. People rush into cash and because they want to save it, because for whatever reason, because they're actually a very good example is the recent virus that came along. And once the pandemic was official by the World Health Organization, people rushed into cash and every price went down. This is, in, this is deflation. So what happens is all this inflation that the central banks created needs to deflate at a certain period of time. If it, I mean, that's completely natural because if you inflate something, it has to either explode and completely be eliminated or it has to naturally deflate. So once it starts deflating and people rush into cash, what the governments try to do is to fight against this deflation because that's the worst thing that can happen to them because they have created so much money, so much debt that if, they, if the people default on all this debt, that the whole system will crash. So what they do is they fight the deflation by printing more money and by inflating against it. So that's why you saw, for example, recently, all the markets around the world crashed and all of a sudden they have 
recovered very, very quickly. It's not because we have economic output. It's not because we have economic growth. It's because the government and the central banks are trying to fight this deflation by inflating it back. So you ask yourself, why is this necessarily bad? It's good, right? If, if it's deflating, we don't want that, we don't want that to happen. Well, a healthy economic environment would be that there is jobs, that there is spending, that there is investing, that there is growth. That's a normal, healthy growth rate of every economy. But if that doesn't exist and the prices go up in price and not in value, because there is a difference between price and value, then you have a problem. Because what you are doing is you are overinflating your economy and you are basically destroying the whole system long-termly. Short-termly, it looks perfectly fine because prices go up. People are like, wow, this is great. This is amazing. We should invest in the stock market. The stock market is going up. Yes, it is going up. It is going up in price. But it doesn't mean that it is necessarily going up in value. It's a huge difference. And many, many people ignore this. So... Uh, this is what the governments currently are trying to manage. They are trying to fight deflation by inflating it back. And this is very, very dangerous. And the reason it is dangerous is because you have to look at the tools they use. You remember I explained you the two tools that the central bank has. One is money supply printing money and the other one being the interest rate the key interest rate right so the interest rate is already at zero you cannot change the interest rate anymore i mean you could go into more negative that's the only way or that's the only thing you could do with the interest rate so the only tool you have left as a central bank is the money supply so they print all this money into circulation and there is no way they can get this money out of circulation anymore. Why? Because if they want to do that, they need to increase interest rates. Remember, interest rates, cost of money. If I increase interest rates, it's going to have another negative impact on the economy because I am making money more expensive. That means that banks are not going to lend as much money as they would have and people are not going to be able to lend as much money as they could have because they have to pay more interest and it's going to slow spending it's going to slow investing so they are in a trap they cannot get the money out again out of the circulation because they cannot increase interest rates so they have to print all this money and they have to inflate the market more and more and more. My point is that over time, we are going to see more inflation. There is no other way. You cannot have an economy where there is low growth and high prices 
over long periods of time, you will see that the prices will overshoot the healthy environment and the healthy range of reasonable valuations. That doesn't make any sense. So you will see over time, as the months and years, and this is the problem, nobody can say when, you know, lots of economists talk about, yeah, there is going to be inflation, there is going to be crazy prices, the prices are going to go up, uh, groceries are going to become more expensive, because when there is inflation, prices go up, prices explode, everything, stocks, real estate, groceries, everything becomes more expensive. That's what happens. So what economists cannot say, and nobody can, is when. But the question, if, is out of question because it will eventually happen. And this is the reality we're living through. We started with a very healthy way of creating this wealth and creating this amazing uh, economic rea reality that we used to have. And it has become this artificial environment where there is a central number of people in control that were initially necessary to make all of this possible, but that are now not necessarily anymore and that are abusing the system and they are enriching themselves by multiple strategies that they use. And I don't want to get into too much details how they do it, but that's what they do. Uh, in next episodes, we're going to talk more and more about uh, the way the governments work, the way the central banks work, and why you need to do something to gain back control. Remember, this subject is relevant to everybody because everybody is providing time for a promise to get that time back. Everybody, a nurse, a police officer, a lawyer, anybody, a waiter, anybody is doing this. So you cannot nowadays say that this subject is not relevant to you. It is relevant. If you say that, you have to trust somebody from the very system we are talking about. And this system is having a huge conflict of interest because they get the commission if they give you advice and they don't even understand themselves. Even the bankers themselves, they're affected of this because most of them don't understand the system and they rely on these complex financial products that they don't even understand, but they know how to sell it. So they will sell it to you. They get their commission. They don't care if you lose or make money because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. If you lose money, they get their commission. If you make money, they also get their commission. So at the end of the day, the only way out of this for you as a normal everyday person is to educate yourself. Because if you educate yourself, you can put your hard-earned money into the right assets today. And I underline today, these assets might not be the same in a few years. In a few years, it might be other assets. And we get into that, okay? We're going to explore more and more details on what assets we're going to uh, focus on and why you should put your focus on them. And again, I am not 
your financial advisor. This podcast is purely an educational podcast. You should not take any financial advice from me. I am trying to teach you what I have learned and I am going to also gladly share with you what I think is right. But at the end of the day, everybody is responsible for his own decisions. And that's going to be the reality in the future. Okay, so thank you for listening, guys. This is it for today's episode. Please feel free to share this podcast with your loved ones, friends and family, co-workers, anybody you think should know more about these things. Please share it with him. I wish you a beautiful day. Thanks for listening and take care. See you next time.